and welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. And we are here to share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Each episode, we dig deep into the highs and lows of life, tackling topics with authenticity and humor. Our stories are meant to be told, not buried. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. Welcome back, listeners. Hello, this hello. This is Emily and Kelsey on Ridiculously Imperfect. <laughs> yes. Obviously. It's what you tuned into today. <laughs> but we are excited to be back. Yes. And it's been a minute. We had something devastating happen yesterday. Yeah. And I think do we, ha- I didn't do, think we were going to do, do we want to talk about it? Not really. I don't know. We, we have a guest in the room that we're super excited about, but should we take a moment to be sad or do we just move on? I don't know. What do you think? I, I say you guys tell the story now that you guys have <laughs> yeah, put it out there. Yeah, bring it up. Yeah. So there Our was... Chiefs lost. It was, you know, football game. Should have... We should have won. Yeah. But there's next year. Right. There is next year. We're not going to be sad for too long. Yeah. Did you watch the game live? No. <gasps> I mean, <laughs> <Same> why? <laughs> Whatever oh were you doing? Uh, I was working on the studio. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, that's a good reason. Yeah, that's a well, good reason. Yeah, but our men were quite sad and yes, we had very quiet. We had someone take a nap afterwards. We they did. were so angry. Um, so it was kind of like a temper nap. Yeah, yes. like, I think it was. I'm so mad. So, I'm just gonna go take a nap. Yes. I'm gonna go pout. Like, I need my to rest. remove myself from this from this situation and then uh, inevitably fall asleep. And then a uh, couple injuries with the kids. Beckett scratched Aiden. Yeah. I don't know how that, that happened. Happens on the regular. That does happen. Regular. Yeah. That wasn't because of they the They were playing their own football missing. game. And yeah. you got a, a nail to the cheek. Oh, yes. oh. Like yeah. a Oh, nail. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we like, I'm in construction mode. Yes. My yeah. like, I'm thinking nail. No, we, we normally, that, we give the, bo- the boys, we send them to the basement and give them knives and nail guns. And hey. we're like, guys, yeah. have at it. Like, have Good luck. They're either going to build something or they're going to beat each other up with it. So anyway, that was definitely a little out of order, but yes. we uh, we're sad about the Chiefs. But I guess now we don't have to stress about the Super Bowl. That's true. Bright side, right? Yeah. 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 What's cool though is like sports bring communities and people together so yep. much, and I love that aspect of it. Um, and then, but when something tragic like this happens and your team, I think because the expectation was we would go on to the Super Bowl and so right. forth, and. I'm always amazed at the letdown. I mean, I yeah. do feel sad and disappointed too. I do too. Yeah. But like the stories and conversations I hear on the side and everything and how yeah. passionate and like really angry, you know, <laughs> and the words that come out, I'm just like, it is a sport. I mean, it's just a sporting activity, right? And this is next year. You are still alive yes. and well. You are still right. Right. Like We will yeah. be okay. But I do love the passion behind it. Yeah. But I know for us as friends, like we just have an awesome group of people get yep. together and we celebrate together. Yep. That is really fun. And I enjoy that. So it is fun. Yeah. When the season comes to an end and no matter what fashion, it's like, oh, man. Like, yeah. Now we got to wait till the next season. But yeah. it is always a little more upbeat when we go out with yes. a win. <laughs> so when we're winning. Okay. We yeah. have a little little sad time but yes you're right there's always next year it's okay and then it's maybe okay. next year isaac will tune in because the studio will be done right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> unless somebody wants to do some work but oh, other than that, yeah. <laughs> so today uh we have on someone who's very special to us we have isaac on and he's our sound guy yes thank kingdom you, come you. studios That's in right. the house yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah and he 
did not want to be a guest because, and I quote, I'm not that interesting, is what he said about himself. And I said, you are wrong. You are incredibly interesting. And you, what's really cool is we wanted to bring it back to before, so I guess the the foundation of this podcast, our initial idea. And you and I had met a couple times and then get got distracted and didn't actually talk about anything and then would try to meet again. And you know how that goes. And so we talked to Isaac and kind of you know, how do, how do we start this? What do we do? You have been a mentor from day one. Well, yes. thank you. Day, can you say day zero? Is that a thing? Probably. It's before day one. Because I kind of one. feel like you had a conversation with him about, hey, we're kind of thinking about this. And he was like, do it. Like, yes. what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah. And I remember you coming back and telling me, and I'm like, really? Listen, like, he already if, has that much faith in us? Yeah, well, he, but here's the thing. I mean, you know, obviously we go to the same church together, so... I know you guys, even on that level, and to be able to see somebody say, I think this is something I want to do, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, yeah, do it, or mm, maybe that's not your gifting, or that maybe that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. But the way that you ladies have community, the way that you ladies have uh, relationships, not just with yourselves, but with other ladies around you, and even other people around you, I was like... Sure, I'll sit and listen to you guys for an hour or however long your podcast is. Like, it's, it's, to me, it's that interesting. And what you guys were going for and your vision and what you guys want to do and, and tell people stories, I think is fantastic. I mean, because then we don't feel like we're alone, right? Right. We know we all struggle with something. Yep. And if there's somebody out there that struggles with the same thing I do, then. Why can't we connect and yeah. and help each other through that process? Yeah. So when you shared that vision and all that kind of stuff, I was like, do it. You guys are the perfect people to, to pull it off. <laughs> Thank you. And you've yeah. just always been that reminder to us. Yeah. When we're our own worst critics or we're yeah. like in our heads and, you know, hearing the lies from the enemy, like, you know, are you sure you should be doing this? You're always there reminding us and speaking the truth yes Listen, so we all go through it. that imposter <laughs> yeah. syndrome that feeling of yeah. like i shouldn't be doing this what qualifies me to be here what yeah qual- and that's why you know in the sense kind of the same way with me saying i don't think i'm that interesting <laughs> is i sometimes I, I find myself in some incredible rooms with some incredible people and go how did i get here mm. kind of thing and so i deal Ooh, a lot yeah. with that oh i bet you do because your sound guy life is cool i've i've only heard a few stories but i'm just like ooh, tell me more i need some popcorn so i can hear all these fun stories but yeah so he has been we created a group text because that was necessary but even you were in california earlier Mm -hmm. this last year and dealing with a lot of personal heavy stuff and he took time to facetime us because he knew we were that close to our launch and he didn't want us to miss a beat. And listen, I, you guys are gonna make me cry no, because gonna, I, I, I legit, I legit believe in what you guys are doing. And so, with that, that's why I will do whatever it takes to help you guys succeed. So, which is so clear to us that yeah, we, it's just a gift, and we appreciate that. Thank yes, you. and we do not take it for granted. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So, so we. So that's a big part of we wanted you in this room. We okay. want everyone. The name we say at the end or when we're like, oh, Isaac's not going to like that. Now, <laughs> everyone listening can have context for 
This is, Me. This is our sound guy. <laughs> They're part of our crew. Do you like awesome. being called the sound guy? Is that condescending? Is it uplifting? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. Listen, my industry is one of those things that people forget that I even exist. So it's one oh. of the most thankless type of jobs. Like if, you know, especially even running sound for church, right? Yeah. It, nobody knows I exist unless it's either too loud yep. or they can't hear something yeah, or there's true. feedback, right? That's yeah. the only time everybody looks back at the sound booth. Right. But at the end of the service, people go up to the worship team. Oh, that was so great. That That's was so fantastic. True. Yeah. I'm part of the worship team and helping facilitate something Yeah. and I'll never hear a word. And so it's one of the most thankless. So what you can call me whatever you want as long as you recognize that I'm, I exist. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I used to not used to definitely did take that for granted and then after getting to know you better and i haven't been on team in a while <laughs> but i feel like i have tried to well, i always tell you like hey have a good weekend and all yeah, of that yeah. stuff but um just because what you do is so foundational to everything else and it yeah. also like you're always there i have teached you about do you live at the church i know you're it's, always there here's here's the the way that I view that position, my my job is to amplify and create a bridge between the stage and the congregation. And if it takes me to be out of the way to create that, then that's fine. Because it's not about me. It's not about what my job is. It's about connecting people to a presence of worship, yeah. to the throne room. That's all I'm supposed to do. And if I can do that well and people don't even recognize <laughs> me or see me, then I've done my job. That's true. But, you know, at the same time... In As a, a human, level, yeah, human, personal, human yes. level, you still want like, hey man, great job, yeah, or at least, exactly. hey, have a great weekend. Yeah. That, it means the world to me. Were so. you wearing a jean jacket yesterday? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the jean jacket disappeared somewhere in the 80s or 90s. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I love it. Okay, so it's probably a good time to just take us back to young Isaac. Oh, young Isaac. Yeah. Do you remember him? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Are you, are you saying that I'm that old? That you're old. Yes. That wow. So that was rude. a nice way oh just to go. Gosh. You're old. Like, we're going to compliment you and just thank you for being so genuine and lovely with us. And then you're old, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Kelsey. That was me. <laughs> so, young Isaac. Uh, young Isaac grew up in California. Um, well, kind of let me start here. Mom and dad. Dad was from Mexicali, Mexico. Mom was from... Texas. Uh, so they met, had me, lived in California, lived there until I think I was about in my 20s. Um, but young Isaac grew up in um, a ministry home. Dad was a minister. And so every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from the time I was three years old until I was 19, I think I traveled with him to Mexico every weekend to go minister wow. at a church down or churches or yeah. little huts or whatever it was down in Mexico. Uh, so I grew up in a ministry home. And with that came, you know, dad building recording studios inside the house. So every house we lived in, there was some kind of recording studio. Matter of fact, there's an old picture that my dad had sent me a long time ago. And it's, I'm probably like four or five years old. And I'm dressed in this like vest or something, and it's just, the picture is a terrible picture. There's the colors and all that stuff are terrible. But I'm in this like vest and this button-up shirt, and I'm standing next to a reel-to-reel machine, and I was operating the reel-to-reel machine for my dad so that he could record wow. on the other side. So my job was to hit record, watch the meters, make sure that the meters didn't go into the red. This is what he taught me: is to make sure <laughs> the meters don't go in the red, and then he says, then hit stop, and then hit 
return to zero, or it was a button that said RTZ, and you would hit that button and rewind back up to the top, and he says, okay, and then hit another channel for me to record. And so that's how it all really started of me doing audio was dad was, you know, always recording all of his own stuff. So every house we had, we always had some kind of recording studio. So what uh, kind of work was he doing? What was he recording? So from the time he was, I want to say 13 or something like that, he and his brothers had a group, a ministry group. Okay. Um, and so he played bass and sang and, um, and his brothers, you know, one of them played guitar, the other one played drums. And so that's kind of what their ministry was. And I didn't understand, and I'm going to kind of veer off a little bit, but I didn't understand how important my dad was until he passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why you, when you mentioned yeah. kind of hard last year, he passed in, in August. And the I didn't understand what his, you know, what he had done. But after gathering a lot of stories, have you guys ever heard of the Jesus movement? Mm-hmm. Like way back in the day in the 70s or whatever, 60s or whatever, the Jesus movement. So, there. All you ever hear about is the English version of this of the Jesus movement, the 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 revivals and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the tent revivals and everything. Well, my dad and his brothers were part of the Hispanic Jesus movement. Oh. So when we had his funeral, I got to learn, or I got to meet a lot of different pastors from all over Mexico and and stuff like that, and found out that a lot of the major churches in Mexico were because of my dad, that he helped bring people to Christ through his stories uh, and his music. And these men gave their lives to Christ and then yeah. became pastors and all this stuff. And so they, I mean, it was just one of these things and that I learned about him. So having that as a legacy, you know, you kind of go, well, what am I doing? <laughs> what kind of legacy do I leave behind? Yeah. Um, so, you know, learning ministry and, and, you know, and investing in people and loving people, creating relationships, finding ministries to, to work with or working with people to help see a better goal that maybe God has called upon their life or something like that. I just, that's kind of who I am. So, you know, even like when you guys came to me and said, Hey, I want to do this. There's something that I saw that was like, yeah, I'll put my hand into this and, and help whatever way I can. Um, so grew up, I'll go back to growing up, uh, grew up with that as my, how do you put it? As my meter, my, you know, my your basis yeah, there my with basis. your dad and right. Yeah. And then I had my mom who was very, you know, who nurtured the creative side of me, be creative, learn, keep mm-hmm. learning, do whatever you can to learn. And, uh, now, I'm not saying my dad's relationship and I was perfect, um, but it definitely was something that we needed to work on. Um, one of the things was <clears throat> he had a better relationship with my cousins because oh. they all were musicians. Now, yeah. I could run the equipment and run the gear, but he and I could never have a conversation because I wasn't a musician. Oh, interesting. And so, what I ended up doing was I started taking, I, I learned how to play the sax, I think, in junior high. And even then, he didn't consider me, because I'm 12 years old, you know, junior high or whatever, whatever age you are in junior high, and I'm just, burr, burr, you know, just kinda, <laughs> yeah. you're playing hot cross buns, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like you're playing anything of any significance. Um, but 
uh, I ended up, you know, praying one night saying, God, I want to have a relationship with my dad. I want it to be so, so solid. I want it to be able, so fluid, all this yeah. kind of stuff that, um, I took an encyclopedia. And I don't know if anybody that's <laughs> pre Google, right? Pre YouTube. Yes, we just talked about it. <laughs> pre Google, pre, you know, I took, I had a, you know, a, and even then, if you if you were a family that owned an encyclopedia, like or a set of encyclopedias, uh-huh. like you were, like, mm. um, so I took the encyclopedia on piano and I taught myself how to play piano, and I would just pray and God, like, show me, teach me. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would think about, okay, there's first sax, second sax, third sax, right? You have different mm-hmm. chairs, right? And they all play different notes, and I was like, if they play the notes together. It's this, and that's a chord, and so mm-hmm. then I started moving and started learning how to play how to play piano from there. Once I learned how to play piano, he and I had an amazing relationship um, because now I could go out on the road with him mm-hmm. and play with him. So while he would be ministering or he'd be preaching or whatever, I'm in the background playing playing piano behind him. And the connection. So yeah. the connection really happened. So then he stopped taking my cousins out on the road with him. And he would take me out on the road with him. Oh, so it was it was that, and then eventually, you know, I ended up getting friends, and I would invite my friends to go out, yeah, and experience, you know, what ministry was like. And I mean, there were times we were taking, you know, bucket butt and baths. You know, you, we, yeah. there was <laughs> they were like, "Hey, where's the bathroom? We're gonna, you know, take a shower." And like, yeah, here's your bucket. Here's your here's your <laughs> kettle to heat up your water. You know, kind of thing. Oh my and gosh. and take a bath. You know, a bucket bath. And uh, so a lot of my friends learned real quick, like, you know, you do what you do, you know, to to reach people. Yeah. And sometimes it may not be pretty, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. it may not be elegant. You're not in a hotel. A lot uh, of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of sacrifice. I mean, through that, I even learned to eat all sorts of food because it was like, sometimes families would give you food, and that may be the only thing that they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you learned to eat everything. Yeah. Whether it was chicken feet. I was going to ask what were some some of the things that you've munched on. Uh, chicken feet was some of them. Uh, you literally seeing the cow alive right before mm. you ate kind oh. of thing. Them slaughtering it in front of you. <laughs> I mean, like goats. I mean, goat. they'd put goat head on the middle of the table and everybody what? just take tortillas and just kind of. You wow! Know, Can you so. imagine? No. Oh, it was terrible being a, you know, being a young yeah. kid and you just see this goat looking back at you and you're. He's got his teeth all out, and you're like, okay, this is what we're eating. Uh, I'm just going to tell myself it's pork. I'm going to tell myself. But even then, like, thinking of seeing the whole pig sitting there. I can't even eat, like, the fish, you know, that they cook and serve. Right. And they bring it out. It's got the head in every tail. I can't even do that. I I don't like that either. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I do have a question. Yes. well, more, it's, maybe it's just a reflection. It's really interesting. So we kicked this off by you talking about how your role is so pivotal to the music industry, but it could be thankless, to it's very interesting how that parallels to your relationship with your dad. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. No. How, not been. that he thought of you as thankless, but right. that it was you were here and he was here. And like you were just seen when you were doing right. the whole mm-hmm. sound thing. Yeah. Right. Even by him. Yeah, that's true. I never, I never, I never, I never pieced that together. But huh. I think it's like incredibly mature and profound, and all these other things that, as a child, like you prayed into that and you leaned into yeah. that because you recognized I'm not, I'm not on the inside of this circle, right? And I want to be because I want to be close with my dad and I want to be part of the gang. And yeah. then you, you 
got it. Like that's an amazing that story. Amazing. That's that but, so but could cool. you imagine if we had you know if I, or if I'm sorry we I'm <laughs> I'm older yes I know <laughs> if I had you know YouTube or something like that to learn from right I mean, oh my gosh. so I'm kind of saying that in a sense like if there's any if you have young kids that are listening to this podcast like encourage that because yeah, you yes. actually have tools where there's some incredible instructors on oh, YouTube yeah. and stuff like that. They can literally teach you how to play violin, how to play yes. piano, how to play mm-hmm. drums, how to play. I mean, you have access to the world right. where yeah. back in the day, I literally, you know, if we would hope that somebody would have produced a video or something like that yeah. for us to watch. And even then when they would produce the video, you know, it was 30 to $40 to buy the video. And your parents were like, mm, I'm not yeah. going to buy the video for yeah. you. That's 30, $40. Right. Are you crazy kid? Yeah. And so then, you know, we were left to our own devices to kind of figure this stuff out. Exactly. And I'm thinking like the house I grew up in, uh, we had what we call the TV room. And then we had the entryway, which had the piano there. Right. So there would have been no feasible way that you could have even played the piano and learned it while watching the TV, which I'm sure is so hard for the kids these days to (laughs) even think about because they're like, what? You always have a TV in your hands. Like, it's your phone. It's your tablet. It's whatever. It's it's a completely different world when you explain to them, like, no, this didn't exist. This wasn't (laughs) a thing. And the piano was huge. So you weren't moving that. The TV was even bigger. So you weren't moving that. So it's just so funny. Okay. Sorry. That was it. Like no, that a, was a, a great, it's a great, obser- great observation. I, I didn't, I ne- I've never pieced it together other than the fact that, you know, I wanted that relationship yeah. so bad. And I, so you, know, you were 12 about, about 12, when, 13. And that kind of changed then. Yeah. The when it kind of flipped. Um, not that he, I don't want to paint my dad in a bad light, obviously. No, no but I, I should say for the better, but like when that connection was finally made. Yeah. And you, I mean, when that, when I yeah. felt like I was in the inner circle and, and we were, yeah. Go with him and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We, I could go. Now I was already traveling with him when I was three. However, it was more of a, I'm just bringing my son along and he's mm-hmm. watching, he's right, being right. a part, carrying speaker or carrying <laughs> cables or whatever, you know, that's, that was my job at that, at that mm-hmm. time. But when I was actually a, what I say, I, a part of his ministry, I was probably about 12, 13, 14 years old, where I was actually now, he'd be preaching, I'd be playing piano behind him, or he would be doing a song and I'd play a company piano or something like that with him. So so cool. I seriously didn't even know you played piano. This I makes didn't either. Me feel I try like to keep it on the down low. <laughs> because it, it, here's the thing, it's, and, and I think we may have mentioned it before recording or even during the recording, there's a lot of, I deal with a lot of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where I feel like, yeah, I can play, but I can't play like so-and-so, mm. but I can at least cover a part that I know that I can do kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, all over the place, but I can serve a purpose kind yeah. of thing. So I deal a lot with that. And so with that, I just kind of, I kind of, I'll play like keyboard on recordings for people when they're not in the room. Because then I can make as many mistakes as I want and yeah. then kind of figure it out from there kind of thing. And then they get their tracks back and they're like, oh, hey, you added keys to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I added keys to it. You don't even know how long it took me to add the keys, but I added the keys to it. Um, so, where do we, so about 12, 13, traveling with dad. Um, yeah, it's something that I wanted to pursue so bad. I remember getting into high school and telling my dad, I was like, yeah, you know, I want to be... I want to be a recording engineer. I want to. I want to work in the studio. I really like. I like what what we do. And he says, "There's no work in it. There's no way to make money. Blah blah blah. All this stuff." You know, he tried to do what parents try to do, which <laughs> the is protecting. Yeah, the protecting. Like he, my... and, and his thing was, you need to work in the medical field. Uh-huh. I was like, medical field? No, 
I don't want to work in the middle. And he says, well, you could either do that or construction because you owned a construction company. And from the time I, I was 12 until, you know, I grew up, I worked construction with him on and off throughout the summers and stuff, which was terrible because he'd always make me do insulation <laughs> or some kind of job where I was like, and it was in California heat, you know, uh-huh, hundred and yeah. something. You're all covered up. It was terrible. Um, but when I exp- expressed him that I really wanted to do recording stuff, he said, um, he goes, well, he goes, we actually have a cousin that's in the industry. I'm like, what do you mean in the industry? And he was like, in the industry, like, like, does it for real? I go, well, you're telling me there's no money in it, but you're telling me that right. we have a guy who's, we have a cousin who's in the industry. Yeah. He says, let me have you meet with him. And I think I was about 16 at the time because I had to, I drove to the 20th Century Fox movie lot to oh my meet gosh. my cousin. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this is legit. He's right. for real. And I remember going through the gate, having to give my name. They send me to the sound stage, all that kind of stuff where he's, where he's working. And I walk in to this mixing stage, huge theater, you know, screen, huge live, you know, huge board there. And they're watching. So I married an axe murder with Mike Myers. Oh my gosh. And as they're watching the scene, I'm watching all these faders move and all the lights flash and all this kind of stuff and programs change. And I'm going, this is super cool. (laughs) Then some guy comes running in with a set of reels and he goes, hey, we just tracked the orchestra. The orchestra's done. They go, he goes, great, go ahead and put it in the machine room. We'll go ahead and pump it through. So then they run through the scene again with the orchestra playing behind it that they had just tracked. And, and I'm just like. Uh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I was like, my dad tried to discourage me. (laughs) However, he introduced me in this, into a realm where, you know, this was like, wow, this is possible. Yeah. Um, so I remember having lunch with him and he was like, you know what? Hey, because do you want to work here? And I'm like, 20th century movie lot. You're like, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. 16 years old. And so I, he takes me to sit across the desk from the vice president of the studios. And you're 16. I'm 16. And he goes, so uh, he goes, I take it you want to be in the industry. And I was like, well, I just, I I want to be around this. This Mm -hmm. is amazing. Such cool stuff to do. And uh, he goes, well, you're in. And I was like, wait, wait. I go, I haven't gone to college. I haven't (laughs) studied any of this stuff. And he says, he goes, the fact that you're related to him, he goes, you're already in. Oh my gosh. And he goes, he goes, however, he goes, you won't be out there. He goes, you'll be running the machines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he goes, and then we will teach you what you need to know so that we can move you to the next positions. So I'm all ecstatic. I'm yeah. like, yes, <laughs> it's going to happen. Amazing. And uh, I mean, to give you like a, a, a little bit, I mean, obviously I'm on the 20th century movie lot. Some of the movies that he mixed was like, he worked on the first original Star Wars trilogy. Oh my gosh. He worked on... The movies, all the Predator movies, he worked on like Spy Kids. Oh I mean, he mixed, uh, even like the, I think he mixed the Barbie, the Barbie cartoons and stuff like that. <laughs> oh I mean, like, he, I've seen a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. So he, I mean, he's involved in like every aspect yeah. from animation to, you know, films, you know, the, theatrical films and stuff. So I'm like, you know, this is like, this, I'm in, I'm in, I'm sure in. And so I went to my parents and I said, hey, you know, is it okay if I do this? And they were like, well, how would you do that? You, We didn't live in L.A. We lived about maybe an hour outside of out of Hollywood. And they were like, well, how would you do this? And I, went, I could go live with my cousin and go to school in, in L.A. and, you know, and, and be able to go to work and stuff. And they said no. 
Oh, wow. Devastated. Wow. Because literally I had the opportunity to start right there. Wow. And But it was definitely a lesson in patience, Mm. perseverance, and the fact that if I something that I really wanted, I was going to work really hard to get there. Yeah. I was going to put in whatever it took to get there. Um, so around that time I had met, met my wife and, uh, we had, we were dating. And, you when know, you guys were been, 16, you were already dating? I think 16, 17, we were dating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So and, you then, so that kind of put a stop on that and you went back and finished or finished went, high school. I went and, well, and, there were some <laughs> circumstances, there were some circumstances smile. that happened in my family that caused me to drop out of high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of them was to take care of my mom. There was okay. a situation that happened at home. Okay. And I decided to drop out of school to take care of my mom, to watch my mom and watch my siblings. But it took Tiffany's parents and, and Tiffany to encourage me to go back to school before. And here's here's the, another just crazy story, which was. I could have graduated and walked with my class. I, but the opposition was I had to complete my entire senior year again in order for me to walk with the class. That's what they presented to me. They said, you know, because you dropped out, you lost all your credits kind of thing. Oh. And so they, I went to night school. And I was like, what do I need to do to try to graduate with my class? And they said, well, you need to be able to pass all blah, 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 blah. And they said all the tests that I needed to pass. So I would study and then go in and take the test. And so I passed my entire senior year in two weeks. Oh, my my gosh. And I said, I went to my counselor and I said, I'd like to walk with my class. And they said, no, I won't let you walk with you. And I said, you guys don't understand. I I only dropped out because there was a family issue that I needed to take care of. I said it wasn't because, and, and I already had good grades while I was there. I was never a problem student or even a, a problem child for the school. But they told me, no, you can't walk with your class. So I ended up walking with the adult class, but, you know, I graduated and that was, it just, it sucked. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. So was, did you meet Tiffany at high school? And Tiffany is his wife. I don't, I know you said your wife and then later you said Tiffany. Tiffany. So um, did you guys go to the same school? Nope. But we met because I was in a band with her brother. Oh, okay. okay. So it was one That's of those cool. kind of a crush from afar kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And then it grew into something else. So That's very cool. Really cute. <laughs> so then how much time then was from that opportunity mm-hmm. at the Fox studio uh-huh. not coming to fruition to when you you said she encouraged you and you kind of came back around to try again? To well, into the so her encouragement, her and her family's encouragement was to finish school. Oh, really, okay. was to finish the school aspect okay. of it to to get gra- to graduate. Um, as far as Tiffany has definitely been a support for me when it comes to following my dreams. Mm-hmm. She has always done. We've moved. We've you know done whatever it took to get me to the place where I am now. She has definitely been one of the major supports. Um, because, so I'm trying to find, follow the story through here. So that takes place. I graduate. We get married. Um, my dad introduced me, introduces me to a group, a ministry that was based out of Kansas. Now, I'm living in California. He introduces me to a group, a band 
ministry, whatever you want to call it, a bit that was based out of Kansas. They tried to get my, hire my dad. My dad was like, look, I'm too old. He's like, but I have a son who does mm. the same thing. So they move us out to Kansas and I start working for this ministry. We travel the whole United States. We're doing conferences. Uh, we're traveling with NFL players. We're traveling with uh, people that are people that were Christians in their industry, okay. basically. And so we we got movie actors. We had NFL players, sports players. We had Christian groups, hip hop artists, all that kind of stuff. And so we would go and do these conferences throughout the United States. So we would go. And we would go to a school, set up, do a performance, kind of like a teaser yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then we would do the full-fledged conference or, hey, come on out and type yeah. of thing. And so I was a part of that. And we traveled quite a bit around the United States. Um, then after that, uh, and during that time, actually, we had Isaiah. So oh, okay. Isaiah saw ministry from that aspect oh of me gosh. serving and all that kind of stuff and, and traveling all around traveling yeah. all around and wow. so then he, he you know started to get a heart for that kind of stuff it was funny i remember him him being three or four years old and he would we would uh do we would sometimes go to mobile churches or whatever and he would be out there setting up chairs and all that kind of stuff. i was like he's getting it he's yeah, getting it kind of thing <laughs> um so we do kansas for a while uh, while we're here, we thought we were only going to be here for a couple years. And then a studio owner, or actually the band tells me, hey, we need to record our next single, find us a recording studio in Kansas. And I'm like, well, I don't know anybody here in Kansas. So I started making phone calls. And I had attended college for a little bit for recording arts and all that kind of stuff. And there was this program called Pro Tools back in the day that was, at that time, the professor told me, this is nothing's going to come of that that's not the future. This is the future over here, and was which that recording medium disappeared. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what I was good. It yep. It's gone, and Pro Tools became an industry standard. And I learned it. I had learned it, and so when I was calling the recording studios around town, I was like, "Hey, um, you know, what do you guys use for recording and all that kind of stuff?" There was one studio in town that had Pro Tools, and so I started going, "Oh, you guys, Pro Tools is going to make our job so much easier. We're going to be able to duplicate and copy and do all this kind of stuff." And when I met the owners of the studio, you know, I kind of just threw out something. I was like, hey, if you guys ever have a position, you know, uh, if I'm not on the road, I said, I'd love to, I don't care if it's pushing a broom. I don't care if it's cleaning the toilets. I was like, you know, I'd love to be in this space and just kind of be around people um, to kind of learn and glean from it kind of stuff. And I guess that impressed them. Because most people would come and say, look, I want to be the guy behind the board. But I was the guy that said, no. (laughs) push a broom, I'll vacuum, I'll go get coffee for people, I'll, you know, clean a toilet, I don't care. Yeah. And so they brought me on, and I was doing tape duplications, I was going and getting coffee for people, I was picking up lunch for people, that kind of stuff, and I worked my way up. And when they offered me a full-time position, they said something to me which really made me go, I think this is the direction I need to go. They said, we are we have an offer for you to be a full time with to be full time with us, but we're praying about it and we're praying over you that you would accept the position. And so that I remember telling them, "Let me check with my wife. Mm-hmm. Let us pray about it. Let's figure out you know, if this is the direction I should go." Some things happened in the in the ministry that I was a part of. That it was my season was done. My time was over there, and I took this position. 
So again, we thought we were going to be in Kansas for just a couple of years, and that turned into, I think, seven, nine years wow. working for the recording studio. And I was with them when they were in just a small office, and then they started to build the dream studio that that the, that the gentleman had. So now he's my mentor, right? And so mm-hmm. my mentor's now building his dream studio. It had three recording rooms in it. It had, you know, all this stuff. And so at the end of the day, when we were done with our normal studio jobs, we would go over to the big studio, and we would soldering wiring running cables all that kind of stuff so from the inside of you know building it from from the inside out and um in that studio is where i ended up working with people like john mayer um the ataris uh all american rejects uh good charlotte uh third eye blind um my goodness! I mean, we we did projects for for Elton John. We worked on <gasps> stuff for DreamWorks. I uh, worked with I, the Backstreet Boys. I'm going to Elton's concert tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it was my Christmas gift. That's awesome. Okay, sorry, sidebar. Yeah. But no. I, I, actually, everyone you named, I'm like, I would just be so in awe of just getting to have a hand on uh, it, that. That's to be, so well, cool. And that was, I mean, the, our studio was built in a way that it drew those type of. people clientele to come and be you know be a part here in kansas city um then what ended up happening was you know we're doing great i'm now a full-on engineer i'm working with everybody doing all sorts of stuff local acts you know local artists all that kind of stuff and i start having dreams that i'm supposed to move back to california and i'm like like nah (laughs) like I love what I'm doing here. You know, this is great. You know, this, why would I ever want, why would I want to go back? I'm doing exactly what I love to do. And then what became a confirmation was then Tiffany said she started having dreams about California. Mm. I was like, so then kind of perked my interest. You know, some time had gone by. Yeah. Then my boss, my mentor came to me and he was like, Hey man, I had this weird dream that you're moving back to California. Oh my gosh. And so then I told him, I was like, listen, I've been having the same dreams. I was like, I don't know if they're the same, but I mean, I'm I'm having dreams about California. I was like, but I have no desire to go back. I said, I love what I'm doing. There's everything. I I, I mean, I'm working with top major artists and I'm doing, you know, this with local acts here. I'm, you know, I'm recording anything from jazz to radio commercials to pop stuff. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm involved in everything I would ever want to be involved in. And then I remember a friend of mine calling me up and saying, hey, man, I haven't seen you in some time. He goes, let's go have lunch. And I walk in. We're at a Chipotle, uh, the one in Overland Park, mm-hmm. right in front of the Sam's Club. Oh, yeah. It was like one of the first ones that was open. And uh, so I show up there. He shows up. He goes, hey, man. He goes, I got a question to ask you. And I was like, what? And he goes, when are you moving to California? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what are the chances? Now, we had never discussed it. We hadn't seen each other wow. in a long time. And he says, just something told me to ask you, when are you moving to California? <sighs> and I said, okay, so this is serious now. I have to move. I'm, I'm going to be moving back. Now, of course, moving to California is not necessarily a, a scary thing because both of our families are from there. I mean, right. And we have family that lives there. We were the we were the the children that moved out and moved away mm-hmm. kind of thing. But at that point, it's like, okay, I know I'm supposed to, but why? Like, what's the why behind it? So, I'll give you the why. <laughs> but 
so I, I started to I started to do one of those things with God, like, okay, God, if this is you, this has to happen. And you know, and I started I created these lists, like, <laughs> if it's you, this is going to happen. This will happen. This will happen. And uh, one of them, one of the things on the list was like, if I move back out there, I said I want to work for Disney. And uh, so I started researching. <laughs> we finally had the internet. The internet was working now. <laughs> So I just did a search for jobs at Disney and there was a job opening at Disney at the recording studio for an audio engineer recording uh, character voices for the cartoons and animations and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, God, if I'm supposed to move, like I'll either get this job or something. So I submit my resume. I think out of 1500 people, I was one of the top two. Oh, so it was between me and this other guy and the human resource lady. I wish I could remember her name because it makes me mad <laughs> a little bit. So she tells me, she goes, oh my gosh, everybody who's interviewed with you loves you. They see that you know your ins and outs. You understand, you know, routing, patching, all the stuff that we talk about. You get it all. And and the guy, the last guy who interviewed just couldn't say, you know, just he was in, he was in awe of you. I was like, that's great. That's awesome. She goes, I think you got the job. And so, super excited. I was like, okay, well, I guess we're, this is what's making me move back to California. So, we pack up the house. We pack up everything. I decide to do one last day at the recording studio, and then that evening, just drive on straight to California. That day, with the truck outside in the parking lot, ready to go, I get the phone call from Disney, and they said, we're so sorry you didn't get the position. Oh, my gosh. No. Oh, oh my goodness! So, HR lady made it. I mean, that's like the number one thing in HR that you're not supposed not to tell so, people exactly things like right, that. Right? That's why I, said, so, I yeah. wish I remember her name because she made me a little mad. Oh um, my gosh! So we move out to California, literally with no. I have no job. I'm literally moving out there. So what I call that is my desert season, mm. because I didn't know what I was supposed to do, but I knew I was supposed to be there. Mm. So I landed at a church out there. Um, my in-laws were going there at the time, and um, that process or that season taught me a lot about leadership, taught me a lot about how to, different sides of ministry. I, I was literally on the verge of being a pastor. I was just missing my ordination service. Mm-hmm. That's all I was missing, my ordination. So, it, I developed youth groups. I developed um, youth bands, not youth groups, youth bands, worship teams, and I would have, I mean, I took the youth ministry from like 50 kids to like 200 kids Mm -hmm. because I was creating an environment for musicians. So then we had all these creative kids that were coming because they wanted to learn music and be able to play on a worship team and, you know, and understand all that kind of stuff. And um, so the reason I was there was for me to learn leadership is what, how I view it. It was my desert season. I was pulled away from everything else mainly focused strictly on on ministry and um out of the blue i get a phone call from brandon estelle you know who brandon estelle mm-hmm. is yeah okay. yeah brandon estelle he's like hey bro we're out on the road um i'm with super chick um but we're getting ready to let this guy go uh we just need a roadie would you be willing to come out i was like sure i'll, I'll head out there so i think i met them in 
want to say Montana. I may may have been Montana. I just remember it was a mall. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because they I get dropped off at the bus and I'm walking into this bus and everybody's looking at me like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why are you walking on our bus? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm Isaac. You know, I'm here to... And so that season, I learned a lot about production. I learned a lot about uh, touring and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I had never... Doing the stuff with my dad, not necessarily was touring as the way that I saw it or what most people would think of it mm-hmm, as, right. because we were doing so much ministry and like we would sleep on floors, we would sleep on you know the dirt floors, we would be, you know, all that type of stuff. No electricity, you know, how do you figure out a minister without electricity? So then I, I look at the touring with Super Chick as something different. You know, it was like okay, this is what people really think touring is. Mm-hmm. You know, being a part of something and. During that season, I met a lot of Christian artists, and it was like, so I made friends and and all that stuff. I made friends with uh, the opening act, one of the opening acts, Seventh Day Slumber, and um, we we became really, really tight friends, and when it was time, times off, I would travel with them on their bus and head back to Nashville, all that kind of stuff, but when that tour was finished because it was only a three-month run i flew back to california so now i had this huge i know what i'm doing yeah Yeah, i got invited out to do something i know what i'm doing and the church then decided to hire me and give me more you know more to do and um during that time seventh day slumber would call me and they'd be like hey bro we'd love to have you back out on the road and i would turn him down i would turn down the lead singer and be like i'm sorry i i don't think it's time for me to go yet there's some stuff here that I need to learn, and I mm-hmm. and I my season's not finished. Mm. Now, as ex- I mean, most people would have been like, "Oh, I would have jumped on yeah. it and just gonna like, hey, back out on tour again." Right. But I feel that God had me at that church to really learn some principles of leadership and ministry and and all that. And I feel like we really did. We learned a lot. Now, I did burn out. You know, you do so much that you eventually burn out. Yeah. But there were some things that I did learn that now apply to my life forever. Then I always feel like I have these weird stories. So there was because you're interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going through. You know, I'm I'm in the church. I'm producing videos. I'm doing all the video production. I'm doing lighting, sound, all that kind of stuff. And I'm teaching youth to come up and do all that all that type of stuff and developing kids. And um, then when the financial crash happened, right. And the church came to us and said, look, we have to release some people from, from staff. Mm-hmm. We can't pay you. We have to furlough you. But we still need you to do some of the jobs, some of the work, so that we can continue to do ministry. Cool, no problem. You know, I believe in the ministry. We'll figure it out. God will provide. God will make a way. And then I started having dreams about seventh-day slumber. And at the end of the dream, there was like, hey, pray for us. You know, just... It, it kind of that type of ending of the dream was like mm-hmm. always asking for prayer. And I thought I burnt my bridge by telling them no <laughs> a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I contacted them, just shot them an email and said, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Just let letting you know a brother's praying for you guys. If you need anything, let me know. Yeah. Next day I get a phone call. And they're like, Hey, we need you to come out on the road. We want to fly you out tomorrow. Gosh. Oh my goodness. And I was like, okay, well, tomorrow's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend my birthday with my family and then we'll, you know, we'll discuss flying me out. And so they flew me out and they dropped me in the middle of a festival. Now, that's like the first time I ever had done a festival sound. You know, you're now in like 
in front of 25, 3,000 people, yeah. running sound for that many people, and you're freaked out a little bit. Wow. <laughs> You've never done it. Um, so I, I, I went out with them for a couple, I think for, a, I think the run was something like a month or something. And, um, Tiffany said, I think your season's done here at the church. Mm. And I was like, you sure? And she goes, yeah. She goes, they've found people to, to replace you, volunteer and fill in all that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, well, my season's done. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So then the band asks me to move to Nashville because they want me to be a part of their band for however long that is. And I was like, okay, so seasons again. Yeah. Um, we, so I ended up moving to Nashville. Move the whole family? Or <laughs> so first just I moved to Nashville okay. and then the whole family followed. Okay. And I feel so bad because Tiffany always tells me, you know, we moved everywhere for you. She goes, and, and all the times that we moved, it was just me and the kids that had to do all the packing. Oh, because oh, you would already be <laughs> I would already, out. Yeah, I'd already be oh, out yeah. working, doing something. Yeah. So I feel terrible. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> I love you. Um, so yeah, I traveled and toured with them and they, then, you know, started doing some, some big things. Uh, the largest audience I've ever mixed for was 10,000. Wow. Uh, in front of, and that was with, we were on tour with the Newsboys. And we were the opening bat, the opening band, and we were in a hockey arena in Canada. So, so cool. Um, yeah, and then you know, again, it just one of those things that the season ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Texas installing a sound system for a church that we had run across, and I remember waking up one morning and feeling like God had told me your time is done. Your season is over. And I just started to weep. Oh. So I'm sitting and I'm sleeping in this dude's house, bawling my eyes out. And he comes knocking. I'm like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, just me and God time. Like, uh, I got a message, but I don't know how I feel about yeah. it. <laughs> but he said, you know, your season's done. It's time for you to go home, be a dad, be a husband. It just so happened that the lead singer was vacationing in the same town that I was in. So God lined it all up and he calls me up and he goes, Hey bro, we're in the same town. I'm like, cool. He goes, let's grab dinner. And I was like, yeah, we need to grab dinner. <laughs> and so I laid it out to him. I was like, look, my season's done. Yeah. I was like, I'd love to stay, but God told me it's, it's done. And I need to go home and be a dad and be a husband. And at that time, Isaiah it hadn't been, wasn't turning 18 yet, but then I looked at it as, it's time for me to be there for those pivotal moments in his life, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a man, being able yeah. to be available for him and all that kind of stuff. And then same thing for Emily, you know, to be a part of her life, yeah. her growing up. And um, I was happy with, I was okay with that. I didn't, I didn't need to be famous. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to be, you know, I looked at as I've done everything God set me out to do and I was successful at it and yeah. I got to be a part of something successful so therefore, I'm successful. Right. Mm-hmm. My success was not determined on being here, being there, or yeah. being in front of anybody. It was just I got to do what I love to do, and I got paid for it. Um. So we had a moment where we were like, "Where do we live? Where do we go? What's our next stop?" Um. We went out to California. I think for I think it was around Thanksgiving. I was in California with our family. And I get a phone call from a guy from another band who says, hey, bro, because I don't know why. He goes, but I was supposed to call and tell you that you can have my apartment. 
like, what do you mean I can have your apartment? He goes, I'm out on tour. He goes, I'm paying for an apartment there in Nashville. He goes, uh, he goes, is it, is something going on that you need a, that you need a place to stay? And I was like, actually, yeah. I was like, we have no idea where we're going to go, what we're going to do. And he was just like, my place is yours. He goes, go stay there. You can just cover the utilities. And I wasn't making, I mean, I wasn't making any more money. So yeah. it was like, just to cover the utilities was good enough for me. He goes, I'll cover the rent. He goes, you just go stay there. So we move in. We try to figure out what we're going to do. I get a phone call from a pastor here in Kansas City. He says, I'm launching my ministry and I need help with blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, that's everything that I've ever learned how to do. Mm-hmm. So we only had enough money to fly me one way. And the pastor had pr- promised to pay me and he couldn't. So I helped him launch his ministry and all that kind of stuff. But here's where it gets really cool. So my mentor finds out I'm in town and he goes, Hey, he goes, I'm running out of town. I got some things I I would like to go do a little vacationing. He goes, would you come run my studio business again? He goes, it's, he goes, it's all the clients that, you know, everybody that, you know, he goes, so they will be happy to see you. I'm like, great. Yeah, no problem. I'll I'll come in and, and take care of that. So I go and I watch the studio for him until, you know, he's, he comes back. And then he, when he gets back, he tells me, listen, if you move to Kansas City, he goes, I have a job for you. I'm like, okay. You're like, cool. So I call Tiffany. We get ready to, you know, to move. We find a house to rent. The guy steals our money, steals our deposit, disappears oh, with our money. Goodness. So we have no place to stay. Fortunately, my sister lives in Paola, in Paola, so we go and stay with my sister. So my mentor tells me, he goes, listen, he goes, I bought myself an RV, kind of, kind of along the lines, I bought myself an RV, I want to do kind of semi-retirement. Yeah. He goes, my wife and I want to travel. Uh, you guys can stay here at the house. We'll cover everything. <sighs> you guys have the house, you guys have the rooms, all that kind of stuff. So we now have a house to live in. Wow. In, in the job? house, in, yeah, in the house is the recording studio. Oh my gosh! So my job is right there. So I take care of all the clients, all that kind of yeah. stuff, and um, you know we were able to put money away so that we could buy our own house. Yeah. So he paid me a salary on top of all that. Oh, they paid gosh. me a salary, and t- basically took care of us. Wow. So I mean, God. Each of the seasons, God always brought us through something and was always yeah. able to take care of us. And um, so now this is, you know, where we live. Matter of fact, it showed up today that today we signed for our house eight years ago. Wow. How cool is that? Like, so, and it's the longest place. We've lived in one place. This is the longest that we've lived in one place. And so, you know, I was able to be here for my son, for him to, you know, now he's, 26 yeah. you know be here for him i was here for emily through college mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff so i've been able to be a dad and be able to be a husband and still feel okay with not being out on the road traveling touring all that kind of stuff um but taking that on you know take it being able to move here now i told you about the disney story right mm-hmm. okay so get this i end up working for disney here in kansas city what, through that company? That you- through, through that studio. 
Oh my God. Because the voice actor, one of the voice actors that they use lives here in Kansas. And if you've ever watched like the old Disney cartoons, like on VHS, yeah, and he would say, "Stay tuned for the you know at the end of the film yes. to watch the features for." Yeah, that's the guy who lives here in Kansas City. Oh my gosh! I mean, I remember those because you know that yeah, was our generation was. was the VHS, and you'd watch the whole thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> so he's that voice. He's a voice of you know McDonald's. He's the voice of you know this, that, and the other. So through that connection, and the, re- the reason I got that connection was he called up looking for a place to record. And this is where it all kind of come full circle for me. He's looking for a place to record that can handle video production or handle video, playing back video so that he could read his audio to the video. Yes. To the animation. Okay. They didn't tell us what project it was. They didn't tell us anything. They just said, we just need a studio to blah, blah, blah. So then they send us NDA forms to sign. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what are we working on that we have to sign NDA forms? Yeah. The, actually, my mentor was going to pass it over because he hadn't he didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I had but learned. You did yeah. So each of the each season, I learned something, was able to handle something, and so it shows up and it's for Lego Star Wars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so then I'm working on like my cousin who worked on the original Star Wars films. Yes. I work on the animated stuff for Star Wars. So I'm getting all this stuff, and so we're doing all this Lego Star Wars cartoons. And, uh, yeah. And it's, I end up working for Disney. I end up working for Marvel. I end up working for DreamWorks. I end up working for Warner Brothers, all out of here, out of Kansas City. So I worked for all the Hollywood studios that I wanted to work for. With a home base. With a home base. And not being in LA, crazy LA. It's crazy. And just like from that 16 year old boy who was in awe of wanting to start that experience right then. To get you there at that moment, and it could have been, mm-hmm. but at that time yeah. it was a no. That's that's amazing, and it's almost like you had a dream, and God was like, "Nah, bro, dream bigger." Yeah, like, yes. that's so pretty cool. much what it's been. It's so cool, and you know, you say that, and there was a, there was a an artist that my dad was working with, and when my my mom had shared something with him about my dreams, and he's like. The guy was like, "Yeah, your son has lame dreams, and he he doesn't, you know, he does doesn't know how to dream or something like that." And my dad got really mad at the artist, and yeah, and so my mom told me that, and I was like, "My dreams are something that God gave me. Yeah. Like nobody can take my dreams away from me. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are something that He gave me. Yeah, and it's up to you know He and I to work through to get to the point where I need to be. So." Everything that I've ever done has always been with intention. Mm-hmm. Now, I did have, like I said, my desert season, you know, living in California and all that kind of stuff. But I knew I needed to be there for a reason. Even when I had the opportunity to get out when Seventh Day Slumber called me and said, hey, we'd love to take you out on the road. I had an opportunity to, to split and run, but I didn't. I was like, God has me here for a purpose and a reason, and I need to study what's going on here. Yeah, And this needs to be added to my life. And when the excuse me, when God says my season's done, that's when I move. Yeah. Wow. So then you, more recently, you got to work with your dad again. Yes. So do, do you want to talk about that a little bit? So uh, right before dad passed, he had um, decided to record an album. And uh, I remember when he called me and he says, he goes, I'm working on this album. And he says, you know, mijo, he goes, I think this will be my last one. Mm. 
And at that time, we knew he was sick, and obviously, yeah. we all hope you know, you're going to live long. Nah, Dad, right. you're going to yeah. you're going to make it to see you know your yeah. your granddaughter you know get married, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, Dad, I'll, I'll work with you on it. And and uh, we were supposed actually supposed to build the studio together. That was supposed to be our, our spring project, and he was too sick to make it out. So, you know, we put it on hold. But um, last phone call I had with him was in West Virginia, and uh, I was on tour. I don't know why I went back out, but I went back out. Uh, I was in West Virginia, and he had just gotten out of the hospital, and he was like, hey, how you doing? He goes, don't work too hard. You know, you're a little rusty, was a little thing that we used to always tell each other. <laughs> um, and... He says, hey, I listened to the mixes, and I had only finished mixing like three songs before I had gone out. And he goes, I love it. I love it, mijo. He goes, this is exactly where I wanted to go. He goes, uh, and I said, okay, well, as soon as I make it back, you know, I'll finish it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't finished it. Uh, and part of it is because I think it's going to be hard hearing his voice yeah. again. Um, but... Yeah, I, it, it. Mom called me the other day too and asked me like, "Are you gonna finish the album?" I'm like, oh. "I will, I will." I'm just working up to it. So, but I mean, you obviously have an incredibly high level of discernment and knowing when you're meant to do things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you would feel it in your soul and your bones if you were supposed to like press on and do that right now yeah. at this yeah. very moment. Yeah, but. I just, I think, like, there's so many full circles in your story. It's <laughs> so incredible. But I love how it started with your relationship with him and then learning from him, getting you to where you were, and then him having a, that moment of almost doubt with you and trying to press you away from that because he wanted you, as most parents do. They sure, want, they want, want the you, best for you. The best for you. And then, too, before he passes, he wanted you. Right. Like To finish it for him. That's, so. There's nothing, I I can't imagine a greater kudos from a father to a son to just say, and it's like how Jesus loves us. It's like, you, I mm -hmm. want you. Right. And I just think that's so incredible. But uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you hadn't no. finished it, so now I feel really bad for breaking it up. But no, I just no. think it's the coolest. No, it's, it, it's it really so is. Amazing. And it's, it, it is, I mean, don't feel bad at all. It's one of those things. I, I had a, a breakfast with um, somebody from the church, and I was dealing with depression. And obviously, you know, you're you just lose a parent, and yeah. you you're just dealing with depression. And and I was in a dark space. Um, and a brother from the church contacted me and was like, "Hey, I need to take you out to to breakfast." And he made me look at my dad's life and ministry from a different angle, that then changed my world. And changed my. He says, "Let's look at it a different perspective." He goes, "Your dad worked his entire life to be able to stand before God, open his eyes, stand before God, and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant.' He sacrificed. He did everything he possibly could so that he could get there." Mm -hmm. He goes, "Don't take that away from him." <sighs> he goes, "It was an honor." He goes, "It was an honor for you to be on his journey for him to teach you yeah. how to serve the master, how to serve God, how to serve people, how to serve you know love people." And that changed my world. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, you are so right. Yes, I can miss him. Yes, I still, I'm yeah. human. I'm. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I miss him. But I know that he lived his life on purpose 
I lived my life on purpose and I got to be a part of his journey to be where he, you know, to be able to get him to that point. Um, so yeah, you know, working on the album is definitely one of those things. It's an honor thing that I want to complete for him because it's an honor to be a part of his process. And through that, again, like I said, his funeral, I learned a lot about him and we met a pastor that he had been helping. Cuba had just opened up to allow people to tourists and stuff like that to Mm -hmm. come to Cuba. And he was helping a ministry out in Cuba. So the first time he went out to Cuba, he noticed that the churches didn't have sound equipment. They were literally Frankensteining pieces of equipment together, like jumping cables and wires (laughs) and just to get a sound system to work for churches. So God pressed it on his heart to start buying equipment. So then he would take trips out there and bring equipment for churches so he's facilitated guitars amplifiers keyboards sound systems microphones all this stuff for churches and um when i talked to the pastor he was like did you know that your dad bought a house out here i'm like bought a house like what for vacation home like are we all supposed to go vacation there and he's like he goes no he goes our you know our government doesn't allow us to build he goes to be able to build churches he goes because we don't have the supplies we don't have the money to be able mm-hmm. to pull it off so my dad bought a house so that a church could meet in the house oh my gosh wow and so there was supposed to be a trip that he was supposed to take i think i think it was in 2020 uh, during the pan you know during the pandemic and he couldn't go so he has a storage unit on his property filled with equipment that was supposed to go with him. Mm. And uh, when I was there with my mom, she said, she goes, do you feel a calling to Cuba? And I was like, not yet. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I go, that was dad's ministry. I was like, yeah. I, unless God tells me that I'm supposed to take it, then I'll, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be obedient. I said, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how, what that looks like. But I did tell my brother, I said, it'd be interesting for us to go. Yeah. Take the last, the last shipment of equipment there and go see what dad saw. Mm. Yeah, and see why there was a, a need for him to be there, kind of thing. Yeah. So, oh. you're you're I'm so just sitting interesting. Over here in tears. <laughs> yeah, gotta be words. Interesting isn't even the right word. I'm just no. like, this is such an honor to hear everything oh, and you. to just really dive deep in your story. I mean, like, just. Oh. <laughs> Well, like you, you know, saying good and faithful servant is exactly what you, your story is, you have done that, your entire story. That's, And hearing, like, you talk about, you know, I knew when this, this was a season, and then it was clearly that season was done. Um, Even, it sounds like, at a young age. And that's, there's a lot of wisdom in um, in that. To be able to discern and listen. I think if we, if we understand that our lives are made up of seasons and mm-hmm. times and sometimes we're, you know, in relationships or something like that, that are not supposed to go longer than it should kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it's a season, even like my daughter just experienced loss, you know, of a job. Um, and I told her, I was like, babe, you're in college. You know, you're, you're focusing on this. You're focusing on that. Your life is a season. That was a mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So God pulled it out from you for this moment in time because you need to focus on something else right you need to invest time and i was like don't worry about money don't worry about the daddy's got you (laughs) daddy's gonna take care of you we're all good you just you do what you feel like god's calling you to do yeah 
and you know look at it as a season. So I think if we start catch, catching our lives as seasons and being okay with a season being over, now yeah, we can mourn it, we can right that sort of thing, but we got to understand that you know it's a season, yeah. and the next thing you're going to is bigger and better. Yeah. Or and you're, he's already it's a, prepared. Yeah, he's, he's already, already been prepared. working on that. It's already yeah. pre- the way is prepared for you to go. Yeah. yeah. That is just beautiful. Yeah. I can't see your face. You're hiding behind the microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then to, I guess, round this part out, you now have Kingdom Come Studios. Yes. And how long has that been in so, existence? Kingdom Come Studios started at the top, well, a little bit before. I think we started in... I created the LLC in 2019 i created okay. the llc because uh the way that we were working together uh me working with my mentor mm-hmm. you know he was still a viable business he was still yeah. a, a business um he got to a point at the top of you know at the end of 2020 he was like look because i think i'm ready to go full retirement he goes uh business is yours so literally handling handing me all the clientele everything um and so now it's this is the new the new season. Wow. And in this season it's, you know, construction, it's building, mm-hmm. it's all that kind of stuff. Uh, the great thing with most of my clients is everything's remote. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of people can send me files remotely. They don't have to be in a room with me at this point in time. Yeah. But eventually, you know, I'll actually have a space for people to come yeah. and do stuff. Except for these clients who like to drive to your house and drop off little baggies <laughs> filled with an SD card. Yeah. Make it look like a drug run. It does look like that. <laughs> the one day at church, I think it was, you're like, hey, am I have this for you? And you shook the bag and threw it in my purse. And I just saw a couple eyes like look at us like, what, 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 what's in the bag? Why is he throwing it in her purse? But our, my very soon goal is I'm going to learn how to send it to you digitally. That's right. It's yeah. baby steps, right? And just take it one step at a time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the learning process. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, let's go ahead and kick off our quite rapid, rapid First, fire. First, before we oh, do yeah. that, I just want to ask. Yes. Um, ask? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with you sharing all this and, yeah. and talking about the seasons and stuff, for any listeners, uh-huh. what advice or what would be something in your life experiences and learning in all of those different seasons and seeing God's faithfulness? you know show up over and again what would you have to say to anybody struggling in a season or so i I don't know how many people will this will resonate with but this what's for me this is how i i live is that if i believe who god says he is and if i read the bible and i read all the stuff that he says he could do if i believe who, who he says he is then what do i have to worry about yeah Literally, what do I have to worry about? You know, when it says in the Bible that, you know, worry does not add a day to your life. If anything, it steals and robs from mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. So, with that, that's how I, I've always lived my life. That's that's the piece of advice. If you believe who God says He is, then He will do what He said He will do. Yeah, He will provide. He'll be your provider. He'll be your healer. He'll be your... All the names, right? All the names of God of who yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. That's exactly... Who he's been in my life. He's shown up. I mean, from the times of being homeless, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we move here to Kansas. The guy steals our money. And here my mentor goes, here's my house. Yeah. You can live in it. It's yours. Mm-hmm. I'll pay everything. 
I mean, that's what an example of God yeah. to be able yeah. to go. And his house is a very nice house. Like it, like wasn't like just some. Oh yeah, you can stay at my house. No, no, it was a very nice house. We lived in a very nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so, and then for him to still go, I'm going to pay you a salary. Yeah, you know, so that you can put the money away and be able to take care of your family. And so we were able to, because of that generosity, because of how God moves yeah, through, through somebody's heart, people. right? Yeah. To be able to go, boom, and then exactly. boom, here you go. Yeah. I mean, even the house, when I told my real estate agent that, you know, I want bop, 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 right? I gave mm-hmm. him a list. He was like, bro, there is nothing like that that's going to show up. Exactly what I asked for showed up. Like, like that's God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. So it's it's one that's so any piece of advice. If you believe who God says He is, He will do what He said He will do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I mean, awesome. so even in death of losing my brother, right? Yeah, losing my dad. If I believe who God says He is, and the promises that He gives us, which is that we will be reunited again mm-hmm. one day, then I have a hope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. For just, all of it. Yeah. Being on. I don't see like, why. I, I still don't see how interesting it is, but it's, it's, it's a lot of weird stories. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a beautiful picture. And I think that's just what's so, what we've wanted so much throughout this is that to share these type of stories who, to ourselves, we <laughs> think, well, this is nothing. Yeah. I'm right? nothing. I'm nobody. Yeah. But I mean, I've been sitting here just with, you know, goosebumps and um, tears the whole time <laughs> running on my face at the beauty of it yeah. and just your um, your testimony through Thank it. You. Um, it's just amazing. And I think those are the things that we strive to share and yes. have um, listeners be able to hear those stories if right. they want, if they so choose, right? Some people, maybe they don't, you know, they're not into that, but there will be somebody who it touches yeah. and be like, man, this, I've been through something similar or wow. Like who is this God they speak of that saw him through? Um, And so I just love it. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Yes. It feels so weird to move into these lighthearted questions. I know. No, no, let's let's do it. Let's do it. uh, Not know the answers is what's going to happen here. Okay. This one is super silly and I actually giggled. I was going to say writing it down, typing it. Um, what's the latest you've ever stayed up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, out on the road, sometimes you stay up. Ooh, I think it was once that I, I think literally I only took like a 15-minute nap. But at that time, I was driving the bus, running, you know, unloading the trailer, setting the whole thing up kind of thing. And I think I only took like a 15-minute nap, so almost almost 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, but you, but it, so the job was drive the bus. So I would have to drive to the city that we were at, unload the trailer, set everything up, run the show, then tear everything tear down, down, put it all back in the trailer, get back in the bus and drive as far as I possibly could to the next city. Oh and my goodness. So yeah, it, it was a little bit of a burnout. But yes, oh, I can imagine. Mine is 5 a.m., so I'm obviously a baller compared to you. (laughs) And it actually happened over Christmas. I was just staying up late with my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, and the three of us had such an incredible conversation. And we ended up like 
praying over each other by the end of it. And then we kind of look at our clocks and we're like, oh, it's five in the morning. How did this happen? And it messed me up for like three days. I'm yep. that elderly. See, I was accusing you of being old earlier. <laughs> it messed me up so bad. Now, I will say <laughs> on a regular basis, I we probably don't go to bed till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm up by 7 a.m. or something like that. But like just, your life today? Yeah. Oh, okay. On, so on, you, on a normal basis, I'm okay. up so, oh, yeah. I just, oh, I can't do that. You're kind of a night owl, too. But what's what's owl. the latest you've... Probably four. I think when our friends were in town. Like oh, recently. Yeah. New Year's. Yeah. Well, there you that go. That was late. Yeah. yeah. So, but I can still do it. I'm always proud of myself. I'm like, yes, I can hang. But I can hang. then it takes me a couple of days <laughs> yes. to recover. <laughs> the recovery time is just, yeah. It's oh, just, yeah, yes. not the same. Okay. okay, favorite teacher. I don't my know if I can remember any teacher's names. No, that's not true. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, he was the one who introduced me to um, like history, right? Like He was my history teacher in high school. I think his last name started with a B, but I, I wish I could remember. So, when he would talk about a certain era of history, mm-hmm. he would not only decorate the room, but also dress in that era that's cool that's really fun and i remember distinctively when he talked about the the prohibition era and uh, he set up a speakeasy in somewhere on the campus Uh, speakeasy being just you know beer and ice cream kind of thing but we had to and so during the classes we had to figure out clues of where we were the detectives looking for the speakeasy and so we would have to find clues and all this kind of stuff throughout the history book and um but he was the one who really made me love history uh during the colonial stuff he brought out a cannon and shot a cannon he shot a musket you know that kind of i mean like he wanted us immersed in history to understand what the era was like and all that kind of stuff so uh, shout out to him wherever he's at. That's but he was, amazing. He was an amazing teacher. That's like the opposite of an escape room. Like you have to use all the clues to find the room, right. but also you're learning yeah. at the same time. It was a brilliant That's, way for us to learn right. and yes. for us to, to Hands maintain. Hands-on stuff. I'm all for that. That's amazing. It. What's yours? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know if I have one specific one. I kind of feel like, so I grew up in a very small town, so it was K through eight in one building and very small community. And so those teachers all just really impressed upon all parts of my life growing up until I moved out of that school. So Mrs. Madsen was my kindergarten teacher, sweetest lady ever. Um, her and my art teacher, probably. She was my best friend's mom, too. So Aww. I got to know her outside of but just still going back now. And they're just like, you know, how are you doing, Kelsey? And um, so I love that. I don't know if I have one specific yeah i guess it was i think everybody feeds into you a little bit yeah uh, Yeah, and it was um different because you didn't like move on it was like Mm -hmm. such a small building right and you saw them every day no matter what class you were um they had some part you know in my story so yeah that's really cool i have i guess there's two that i that come to my forefront the first one is mr ruda he was my teacher in seventh grade and uh being from a small town when you have older siblings they can either elevate your the expectation of what you're going to be like or not so much. Yeah. And I believe, and I was under the impression that he was going to hate me. And I ended up being pretty close with his son. And my mom was really sick that year. And he was so incredible. 
And he's the reason why I'm so specific with grammar and <laughs> all of that, because he was so good at making it understandable to me. Sure. I still struggle with how Jacob doesn't know the difference between there, there, and there, and two, two, and two. That's a <laughs> podcast topic for another day. But Mr. Ruda was all that. And then Mr. Barron's was my uh, chemistry teacher in high school. And that would have been after my mom died. And he was so wonderful driest sense of humor i thought he was hysterical he would he was probably very humble like you and that he did not think he was funny but he was just a good teacher Hmm. and he cared about his students period and i will never forget we would always tease him he said he didn't like musicals and you guys know me i'm a very (laughs) musical person and he's he said something like i just can't understand when in life would people just break out in song and dance like that when would anybody do that and he ended up leaving my hometown and going to a different school and my senior year he came back for my musical it was susical and i was gertrude in it and it was just so cool that he came because we're like you hate musicals and you're here you're just he was a good guy yeah and so for our last question we have right here if you could join any past or present music group who would it be i have a couple okay um i would love to work with stevie wonder oh yeah um actually my cousin the same cousin Mm -hmm. mixed one of his albums no way and so that would be an an awesome full circle type thing um i i don't think he does it anymore but the other person would be quincy jones i'd love to be Mm-hmm. in the room with Quincy Jones as he produces. Now, Quincy, obviously, produced for Frank Sinatra and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so his mind is one of those. Um, and the last person would be uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, mm, that's <laughs> a good one. So good. Um, I am not musical, so I really don't have a desire, <laughs> nor would anybody want me. <laughs> So, I'm one of those singing in the shower, singing in the car, and I can join harmony, but don't ask me to lead or start anything. So, I've never, ever even thought about that. But even not, though, like, not musical. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. favorite group would you like to be, yeah, like, just to hang out what's with? What's a band that you're like, hmm. they seem cool. It's probably somebody country, right? Probably <laughs> country, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't have one. That's sad, guys. That's sad. <sighs> Come on. I know. Isaac's like, hmm. I don't know. It probably would be country or some Christian. Yeah, I don't know. I do have a story about, uh, you said country, uh, Martina McBride. Uh-huh. I actually pulled the knife out on Martina McBride. She uh, was getting ready to go up on stage, and I was running, um, I was part of the production crew. And uh, she was getting ready to go up on stage, and her bracelet got caught on her blouse or shirt. Oh my gosh. And she's freaking out. She's like, oh my gosh, I I, I can't get on stage. My hand's yeah. stuck. And so I pull out a knife and I, <laughs> I cut <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I thought you said you pulled a knife out of That's her. No, I no, like, no, no, no. Who stabbed her? Oh and then aren't you supposed to not remove the knife? I mean, I don't know. You're the nurse. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, oh my no, gosh. I pulled a knife, knife out on her. Okay. And he saved her. Uh, he saved the concert. Okay, so no definitive answer no, over there. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I know that's, that's really okay. boring. Um, oh gosh, I have a lot. Uh, so Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh. I just, I love their music. 
at any phase of how the band looked and, and it's ever shifting. So maybe someday yeah. I'll get my shot. There you go. You never know. <laughs> um, but Linkin Park, which obviously oh. they're no longer going to be the way that they were. Right. But um, that was Meteora. There, That album got me like through losing my mom. Mm. And it's so funny because when people talk about their favorite artists, their favorite music and all of that, my a lot of mine's a lot of screaming music. A lot, but of, a lot of angst. Just, There's a lot yes, of... Yes. Mm. But it's just... It, oh, I'm like... Breaking Benjamin, like there's so many bands that I'm like. Oh, so did, you, so did like, you see the band, like the genre, the or not the genre, the the years, uh-huh. right? Mine, Stevie Wonder, yeah. you know, <laughs> the guy who worked with Frank Sinatra, Michael Jackson, and then we got '90s. <laughs> hey, I was gonna say the Beatles too. So does that make you feel better? Yeah. yeah and yeah. then obviously Elton. So like I said earlier, I'm going to the concert tomorrow night, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed because he had to cancel some dates like early last Ooh. week because he had COVID. COVID, and it sounds like it's going to be on, but I last year he was supposed to come to Kansas City during his fa- farewell tour, and it was supposed to be, I want to say, in June, and then they postponed it because of COVID. Well, I was like, I see my opportunity here. So I start playing a lot of Elton music at home, and then like dropping hints to Jacob, like, wouldn't it be fun to go to his final concert? Because we were supposed to go to Lincoln Park's last concert in uh. Kansas City. We like had the tickets in the cart, and Jacob was like, I don't really want to go. And I wasn't going to go by myself, which I should have gone by myself. And then I never got to hear them live. And so I was like, Jacob, this is my opportunity. So then I finally put a calendar invite in our calendar that said, please get me tickets on it's on February 1st. <laughs> and so um, he bought them in July and gave them to me as a Christmas gift. Oh, that's and awesome. Jacob doesn't keep secrets well at all. So it was shocking. And it was just like, the best worst gift ever because he regifted me a candle he gave me last year which I hated <laughs> and then in the candle it said that I had tickets so I'm like ah so Elton John oh, I mean there's yes. so many artists but yeah mine's more gonna be like the grungy uh, no, I get it. That's screaming all right. your head off uh, it's music it's yeah. still music it's you know it's an art form it's it is yeah oh it's so good but Jacob loves anything Frank Sinatra like oh. that's that's his jam. Yeah. That's more my yeah. era, too. <laughs> I can't understand what they're saying when they're screaming. So, yeah. well, when you're a nerd, I like, like the country me. because oh, you can understand what there's like it's a, a story. story. Yeah. It's a story. It's like, I gotta get my beer and my cow yeah. and go to the river. And no, I, I, the song that I love, um, <laughs> By Dirt. Have you heard that country song? Maybe. Okay, this is one thing you, this is not gonna be surprising, Isaac, but I'm very bad with names. Of things. Well, so, I'm, like, if the music started playing and somebody started singing it, I probably have heard it and I could join right along. Oh, my gosh. That's, I heard but that. But if you just say the, a name. The, the, the song, the story that it tells and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that you can do, but the most important thing is buy dirt so that oh, you can build yes. a family. Oh, yes. And watch your kids grow up. All that kind of, I was like. Mm. Yes. I do know what you're talking about. That was a beautiful song. Yes. Whoever wrote that. Yeah, Congrats. maybe they'll sing a non-country version so I can hear it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My ears start to bleed when oh. I hear country music. <laughs> it's not screaming enough, right? <laughs> right. It needs to be a little more angry. A little more, so a little more aggression behind it. <laughs> well, um, thank you again yes. so much yeah. for number one being willing to come on, even though you had some self-doubt. But <laughs> we we wanted everyone to get to know you, and I think that this is an amazing like just view into well, thank you. who you are and your heart too and the how we opened up by talking about how encouraging and wonderful you've been to us constantly being a touch point and g- giving us advice for things that 
you probably don't even know the answer, but we definitely don't. So we're reaching out to you and then you, <laughs> you just like steer us in the right direction. There's just so many things that are. Well, thank you. Oh, I appreciate so... it. I really do appreciate you allowing me to share. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, if anybody wants to need some encouragement, hit me up. He's your guy. Yes, he is. And you said, unless you don't see it for that person. So then yeah, I'm I just mean, kidding. I, no, <laughs> You'll he, encourage anybody. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Listen, it's not that it, it's, it's, it, you have to tell people the truth. Yeah. And I think it's, you owe it to them in yeah. a sense to be truthful, not, not to hurt them. Right. Right. It's not to like, no, nah, you, you know, you're never going to succeed, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> which is another story of my dad told me that I wouldn't succeed doing audio. And, and when he found out that I was doing all this stuff, yeah. he was like, there was actually, there was one day where he, he came to me and he says, because you proved me wrong. Oh, you proved me wrong. Um, but there is, there's something in, in being able to tell somebody a truth, but to be able to point out maybe something that they don't see. Yeah. Themselves. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> to be able to say like, you really have a gift at blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, maybe pursue something along those lines. And that's the same thing that I tell my kids is like, <clears throat> look, I think you guys are gifted in these areas. However, God's going to call you to do whatever. I may see something that I would love for you to do yeah. because I'm dad and dad mm-hmm. wants to make sure that you succeed. However, it's whatever God is calling you to do. And my job as a dad is to support you to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. And so whatever it is. And so I, you know, you have a beautiful home. My home, I tell my kids, like, hey, put a drawing on the wall. Be creative. Paint the wall. Paint your door. Whatever you want to do. This is your space. Yeah. Um, because I want them to be able to, since they're both creative that way, they mm-hmm. draw, they do animations, all that kind of stuff. It's like, that's your room. Be creative in there. Mm-hmm. Draw on it. Draw a mural. I don't. So it doesn't cool. matter to me. You know, if anything, when you move out, now I have a piece of your artwork, a piece of you in my house that will always represent you. Like that's, that's it. That's so so cool. So much. Well, thank you again. You're wonderful. And uh, before we go next week, we are actually going to be recording from the exotic South Dakota state. (laughs) Yes. We're taking a little family ski trip. We are. My family's actually never been skiing before, and Kelsey's family, they're the pros. So I don't know about that. You have yet to see. Well, in comparison to us. Okay. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But we're gonna record there and we're gonna try to involve the family because the kids have been begging. Yes. Um we're probably gonna have to anyway, because we don't really know what this house setup looks like. But so that'll be coming next week uh, to you. But yeah, I think that's all. Yeah. So exciting. Well, thank you again. Until next time, everyone. Keep Keep it it ridiculously ridiculously imperfect. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. You can find us on Facebook at Ridiculously Imperfect, on Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast, or at RidiculouslyImperfect.com. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Come Studios. Until next time, keep keep it ridiculously ridiculously imperfect. imperfect.